Electronic Specifier. This episode is presented by the Passion for Technology podcast by EBV Electronic. Hello and welcome to Electronic Specifier Insights. Today we're joined by Charlotte Horobin, Regional Director, Midlands and East of England at Make UK. Hi Charlotte, how are you? Hi, I'm very well, thank you very much. Great. Um, shall we start with an introduction of yourself and your background? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Charlotte Horobin. Um, I've got the privilege of being the region director uh, for Make UK, which is the national body for UK manufacturers across the Midlands and the east of England. So my role really has kind of two key parts. The predominant part is engaging with uh, industry, so engaging with our manufacturers, our membership and understanding what their challenges are. And where possible, trying to connect them together to make sure that they've got an environment to be able to collaborate and and succeed. Often it's about referring them to things that Make UK can help them with and also referring them to stakeholders, research organisations, universities, funding. So that's kind of part A. That then also uh, leads me into part B of my role, which is, I guess, an ambassadorial part of the day to day role. And that's making sure that those voices are heard. So Make UK is able to elevate those views and pragmatic suggestions right the way to the top of government across our regions and across local areas as well. Okay. Can you introduce a little bit more about Make UK? Absolutely. So Make UK is in its 126th year. So we were founded in the late 1800s when Queen Victoria sat on the throne. The first car factory had been opened in Coventry that year. And really it was as the labour force became organised and the trade unions were born, the engineering employers at the time recognised that they needed to have a voice so that the two parties could come together to work in the best way possible. Over the years, that meant that, as we were formerly known, EEF, the Engineering Employers Federation, became very good at supporting businesses with their people issues. So we are actually behind the scenes, one of the biggest employment law practices in the country, providing expert support so that employers and employees have got a great place to work in manufacturing. Probably towards the sort of later part of the century, health and safety and and today's sustainability very much at the heart of what businesses need to be focusing on, again, to make sure that workplaces are great and that those products and technologies are produced for, for good cause. And today I'd actually say that skills is probably one of the biggest issues that our members you know, raise with us. So we've invested millions of pounds into a, a world-class training centre, but ultimately Make UK, again, has got that privilege of engaging at the highest levels of government to ensure our members' voices are heard, but also you know, we really pride ourselves on providing that pragmatic day-to-day support. That's perfect. Thank you very much. As a woman in your industry, do you find that there are differences in your experience of your industry when compared to that of your male peers? And if so, are there any challenges that arise from such gender differences? Well, personally, I've never felt any prejudices or bias. I've, I've always felt that I've been treated very well and um, whatever kind of people that I'm engaging with, I think as long as you've got that sort of mutual respect and people are connecting you, collaborating with you, that for me is what's really, really important. I do know though for for others, there can be challenges. You know, we do recognise that females pick up more of the kind of clerical, clinical, caring type roles, and that can have an impact on what they're able to do within the workplace and the kinds of roles and, you know, the hours that they're able to work. And also some policies around kind of, you know, paternity and and maternity can also be quite challenging. In terms of 
boosting things for the future. We recognise in, in countries like Iceland and New Zealand, actually, there is a higher representation on boards of females. And that's because we've got visibility. So whilst I don't think it always takes a female to inspire another female, I do think that there is a benefit that if you can see someone, you know, like yourself that you can relate to in a, a position that you aspire towards, that can for some people be very inspiring. Yeah, I totally understand that. <laughs> Following on from that last question, why do you think women are underrepresented in the UK manufacturing industry? And what more could be done to change this? I think it goes right the way back to very much early years. You know, we we give boys blue things and, and girls pink things. Even Lego, I think there's sort of different gender types for Lego. So we've got to make sure that people, you know, whatever their background, recognise that there are plenty of opportunities for them. And then to also help, you know, parents, teachers, etc., understand that roles, you know, exist for, for everybody in, in lots of different sectors and, and not have this kind of bias. We also need to make sure that our role models, you know, a, a showcase. We do a great job of, of, you know, running apprentice awards and showcasing those individuals. Uh, we've got our apprentice ambassadors because for us, that's really important that they're visible, that they're inspiring the next generation. And again, getting rid of some of these stereotypes that perhaps have existed by it. I do certainly think the dial is changing. Again, we see, you know, lower levels of engineering apprentices and engineering uh, undergraduates who are female and actually then it reduces when you look at those that go on to to actually work in industry so we've got to definitely make sure that we are supporting those uh, individuals a to embark on the training to realize that it's a rewarding career that they can absolutely do but also then to make sure that they find a, a role and a business that they can work in okay according to the institute of engineering and technology less than half of new engineering recruits lack the skills needed. Could you tell us something about the training solutions Make UK offers and how they can help enhance a workforce's skills and performance? Yeah, so previously mentioned, we've invested heavily into skills and making sure that not just the next generation, but our existing workforce, you know, a, a match fit. So we've invested millions of pounds into a world-class training centre in Aston, in Birmingham. The doors are always open, so I'd highly encourage people to, to get in touch and come out to see the centre. So we've invested a, a huge amount of time, effort and our members' funds into that site and, and also plan to do so for the next 18 months. So it's got the best equipment ready for the next generation. We've got hundreds of apprentices joining us each year, typically on MVQ level two to five type courses. So that means that we can offer a whole pathway of training right the way through to foundation degrees, but also, um, you know, being able to provide management apprenticeships, uh, continuous improvement, and that sort of technical cross-skilling and upskilling for the whole workforce. So, you know, our ambition really is that from the apprentice right the way through to the chief executive, Make UK is there to support UK manufacturing. Fantastic. While advancements in technology have brought a surge of innovation to the sector, unfortunately, it's having people with the right skills that's key to driving the industry forwards. How are both you personally and Make UK itself helping to develop the STEM talent of the future? So I do invest a lot of 
my time in this area and I, I do it really for two reasons morally I want to give back I, I recognize that we've got to you know reinvest ourselves back into the system but actually that's our biggest kind of issue that we hear consistently if I've got Covid or Brexit push them all aside it always comes down to skills and not being able to attract that talent but I thought well rather than stand on the sides and you know throw stones in glass houses what I really needed to do was to understand you know the issues firsthand and I've got again a great opportunity I'm a trustee for two university technical colleges so WMG Academy for Young Engineers and these are you know specialists they're called UTCs University Technical Colleges for 14 to 19 year olds that exist across the country and really is a business-led ethos so within the the curriculum we're making sure that local employers are coming in making sure that the curriculum is relevant but also making sure that young people are aware of the opportunities that surround them so that they can go on to either an apprenticeship straight into a you know full employment or if they wish to to go into university and study that way. I'm also an enterprise advisor. So I support my local girls' school, Kestephen and Grantham Girls' School, where I went and did my, my own A-levels to make sure that actually we've got some brilliant young ladies, you know, the brightest minds, but we want to make sure that they understand not just the professions that exist, because I think we're really good at telling people, you know, what it means to be a lawyer or a doctor, but actually we probably don't convey what, a HR manager does or a marketing director or what does it mean to be an entrepreneur so I want to work you know with the, the school to make sure that those young people have got again a really broad horizon and they can understand as much as possible so that they can make those informed decisions that's a couple of things that I do personally I'm also just about to judge some of the primary engineer competitions as well so that's where engineers go into schools they explain what it means to be an engineer for the day and then they leave the, the primary school children to come up with an invention of their own sort of thinking. And it is incredible. And I have to say, sort of five, six, seven years old, some of the ideas that come through are absolutely brilliant. Plastic eating sharks, toothbrushes that dispense water because grandmas complain that, you know, the kids have been leaving the tap on too long. So that's, a, again, something that I really enjoy doing. In terms of Make UK, of course, we've invested in, in the training centre. We engage with colleges, we engage with universities to make sure that we, you know, we're making sure that that voice of industry is heard and, and making sure that those graduates and, and students have got the opportunity to come and find some roles. In fact, our own apprentices become ambassadors. So we do work with our apprentices to go out to political events, to networking events, uh, to develop themselves, but actually to showcase uh, what the sector means, both to, to businesses, but also to the next generation. You know, there's no point sending somebody, you know, in their 30s, 40s um, and, you know, beyond in their career into a school. Actually, those children want to engage and want to relate to somebody you know, that age-wise probably isn't that far away. And then finally, one of the new things that Make UK is doing this year, we're launching a National Manufacturing Day. So we've got ambitions that this will be an annual event every year. We've, uh, I guess, coined the idea from our colleagues over uh, in the United States, where this is a big celebration every autumn. And we're asking our, our manufacturers to open their doors, to showcase their products, their processes, uh, what the career opportunities are, both for school children, you know, colleges, students at university, right the way through to their local community. And so this should be a great opportunity for schools, colleges, universities and the local people to go and find out 
what's made in their local area and the brilliant, productive and best paid jobs that exist in the UK are in UK manufacturing. That's absolutely brilliant. So when you speak about that, do you mind if we elaborate a little bit more? Is it going to be, I take it it's not just in one big conference area, it's going to be regional? We're asking factories to, to throw open their doors. So this is an open house. So if you're making something, please think about, can you open your factory for the day? For some people, that might just be inviting your employees, families and friends in to come and, and make sure that they understand, you know, what does mum, dad, uncle, whoever do for the eight hours a day that they leave the house. Uh, For some, it might be about inviting the local community. It might be adverts in the the local newspaper to say, hey, look, we're we're running factory tours or we're going to run a barbecue in, you know, our, our kind of outdoor area. And for some, we've got manufacturers coming together who are reaching out to their local schools and saying, you know, we've got factory A, B, C and D. We're throwing open our doors. Please make sure that your students are aware and let's organise for those school trips to come in. So we're trying our very best to A, offer a really diverse experience in terms of the, the products that are made and you know where these events are taking place up and down the country, but also making sure that, of course, our manufacturing employers do have to ensure that these are a safe events and that they can continue their operation. Oh, that, that's good to hear. It's nice to hear that it's really flexible and one size doesn't fit all. Have you found that there are any initiatives from Make UK that the manufacturers of tomorrow have found particularly inspiring? So, again, I, I think we really need to watch out what National Manufacturing Day brings and also what that legacy will be into the future. Our apprentice ambassadors that I've touched on, actually, they are an absolute credit to themselves. You know, they're out and about in a Make UK hoodie, making sure that manufacturing is represented, that their business is represented and Make UK is also represented. Plus, we do run annual manufacturing awards. So within that, yes, we're rewarding and recognising business, you know, what they've done. But also we do have specific apprentice categories. And often we do see that those individuals go on, you know, to to then be invited to speak at various other events, not just throughout Make UK. um, But that really then deepens their own kind of experience and horizons for the future. Uh, Why do you think the UK has such big engineering skills gap? And are we doing enough as a country and industry to start closing that gap? So absolutely, this is you know, the skills gap is something that we've talked about and and I've certainly heard loud and clear over the last nine years that I've been in post. Um, I think we've got a societal issue. Um, You know, if we think back to people's misconceptions about UK manufacturing, we've got to banish these statements that we don't make anything here in the UK and and be really proud about the products and the world-class businesses that we do have. We are the ninth largest manufacturing nation in the world, employing 2.7 million people into the sector who are then paid, you know, on average, much higher salaries. And also they're in really productive, highly skilled roles. But if we go back to really kind of school children, five, six, seven, eight years old, to be able to engage those young people in making things, doing things with their hands, solving problems is really easy to do. However, the curriculum sometimes can be quite rigid and also then teachers, parents, the influencers around the young people, they've got their own perceptions about what it means to be in manufacturing. Is it dirty? Is it dull? Is it low paid, repeatable work? And we've got to banish what these images are. And like I say, showcase 
the great things that are made from you know clothing through to bath bombs, pies, parts for Formula One teams, right the way through to some of the world's you know best vehicles. Okay, thank you. How does Make UK work with government to champion UK manufacturing? So we work extremely closely with government. So we're part of what's known as the B5. So these are the the five big business representative bodies. So Make UK representing manufacturing, engineering and technology related sectors. And we work with our peers at the CBI, the Institute of Directors, the Federation of Small Business and the British Chambers of Commerce really, really closely to make sure that the voices that we're hearing are put forward to government in a consistent way. It's really not helpful for government to hear lots of different views and where possible then provide those pragmatic solutions that business leaders have identified themselves so that we all drive you know, for, for positive change. You've then got probably, I don't know, 1,300 plus trade associations in the UK. Make UK owns a few specialist groups. So UK Steel, uh, representing our domestic steel mills. Make UK Defence, the voice of those defence suppliers uh, into the the MOD. And also an organisation called Make Modular. So focusing on the future of housing and and how um, modular offsite construction really will grow um, into the future. We then partner up with probably 60 specialist trade associations in the manufacturing, technology, engineering type space. And again, that's to to make sure that we don't profess to be the experts on, on all the technical regulations in every different sector within manufacturing. But what we want to do is to to hoover up those voices again to make sure that we are stronger together. So we're able to present hopefully a really strong and deep voice into UK government. But we also then have that engagement and benefit from that engagement across pan-regional partnerships like the Midlands Engine, across our combined authorities, our local enterprise partnerships and our local authorities. So, you know, right from the top of government uh, through to local bodies, we're, we're working hard to make sure that our makers' voices are heard. With the COVID lockdowns and the component shortages in mind... Could you let us know your thoughts on the recent difficulties that UK manufacturing industry has faced and how it has acted upon them? So we actually see that UK manufacturing offered a beacon of hope to the the country when the pandemic kicked off. You know, let's not forget the ventilator challenge. I think we produced 10 years worth of ventilators in a matter of 10 weeks. Again, manufacturers making parts for, um, you know, the automotive industry turn their hands to making millions of PP parts and making sure that we were, were all protected. Gin manufacturers were producing, you know, hand sanitizer. So that was a great display of how manufacturers were able to be very agile, to adapt. We kept the the lights on, you know, the energy and the whole sort of infrastructure system that sits behind keeping um, the country going. And also, you know, very important to us all, we kept the nation fed, you know, UK manufacturing. We made sure that that food was, um, you know, it might not be going into our hotels and hospitality industries, but it really had to change um, and get that food into our supermarkets. Looking Over the last two years, though, we've not just had COVID-19, we've had EU exit, we've had challenges around the Suez, and now, of course, we've got some very sad ongoings in Eastern Europe. So we are seeing a degree of UK businesses looking at reshoring. We are seeing people building up their inventory, so moving perhaps away a little bit from just in time to a degree of just in case. Yeah, Yeah, it does sound very wise in this current climate. What are your predictions or even simply your hopes 
for the future of UK manufacturing? I'm very optimistic. I think that there's a huge amount in our favour. The drive towards, I think, just even consumer behaviour changing totally from, you know, buying low cost mass products that we then throw away three weeks later you know, unacceptable behaviour really and not what our planet needs for the future to what I hope is purchasing more considered items. Perhaps you want them to be personalised and have your name and jazzy lights and you want to have that tomorrow as well. People are becoming more demanding and more conscientious. People are, you know, they care about what they're eating, what's in the food. They're caring about where their products are made and and what's the carbon footprint and what are the behaviours and the supply chain that's gone into making those products. And I actually think that that produces a great opportunity for the UK to produce, you know, high quality products. I actually think net zero, whilst for some at the moment, it can feel like a real challenge to talk about reducing your carbon emissions whilst you're battling with supply chain issues, pay difficulties, not being able to recruit staff, not being able to get hold of raw materials. Actually, net zero, we hope, should be an opportunity. Can the UK manufacturing sector be the world leader in producing the technologies and the products that then get sold all around the world to reduce those carbon emissions and and kind of, you know, let's lead the green industrial revolution. We've done it before, you know, with the the first industrial revolution, let's do it again. Okay, well, on the back of that last question, how is Made UK working towards a circular economy? So for for us, we work very collaboratively with organisations like the High Value Manufacturing Catapults, our brilliant universities and also our members connecting them. So I think firstly, there's a piece around um, education and what some of these new business models might be. But then I think it's about connecting people to share best practice. And that's where our membership of very diverse businesses is helpful because I can bring a car manufacturer and a food manufacturer together and they can share best practice without fear of competition. That's really, really valuable. But also then we can give them that boost and that leg up to go talk to their local university. They're not just there to train students. That's really important. There's a huge amount of business support and expertise uh, within our universities and within our research organisations. So, you know, for us, it's about making those connections as well. Oh, that's brilliant to hear. Well, Charlotte, I don't know if you've got anything else you'd like to add. Uh, No, just big call to action. Get your doors open and and let's see UK manufacturing showcased on the 7th of July for National Manufacturing Day. Oh, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. No, thank you. Really enjoyed it. This episode was presented by the Passion for Technology podcast. Subscribe now and dive deep into the world of semiconductors. Electronic specifier.